the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, investing in strange times. What a year. And I was a little surprised to see the years almost kind of halfway over. I don't know why my head saw this, but 5.15, and I'm like, oh, man, somewhere around 6.30, it's halfway over, and 5.15 is halfway through 5, and then 6 is there, and boom, next thing you know, the year's gone by fast. What has the stock market done for you? How have you done? I look at my portfolio, and I go, COVID-19, I don't even want to look at this. I open up my total net worth. I've got something called e-money which is an industrial tool that kind of like shows everything that I own and owe. And it shows whether I funded well into retirement or not. So I open it up every day and every day I'm like COVID-19, I bet I'm down for the year. COVID-19 bear market. It's horrible. I'm, this is awful. I don't even want to look. Oh, it's wait, I'm up there. How's that? When we just went through the worst stock market correction ever, since the worst one ever, so the second worst one, if you will, and I'm up, scratch head, scratch head, scratch head. No, I'm not in retirement. All portfolios should look differently. Maybe people are being super aggressive. Maybe they're hitting super pain. Maybe people are being ultra moderate, get ultra moderate results here. But I'm up, and I'm like, whoa, something doesn't sound right. Everything's going too smoothly. Radio's letting me do what I want to do on commentary, but they have asked that I introduce something called a new sidekick. So starting on Monday, I'll have a new sidekick on the show called The COVID Kid, because you got to get COVID in the show. It's going to be Rob Black and The COVID Kid. Now, the good news is The COVID Kid only knows how to do one thing, and that's good. Mm-hmm. So when I got the stock market, saw retail sales today that were worse than expected. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you'll hear a cough from the COVID kid because that sells advertising dollars, right? J.C. Penney's makes a missing loan payment to stave off default. Huh? Have you ever missed a, a loan payment and known what it's done to your life? Like psychologically, you're like, I'm a loser. I didn't pay my credit card. Well, okay, I'm going to have a pizza now today. Or I'm a loser. And you, psychologically, missing a payment is, is damaging. So I don't think JCPenney's is thrilled right now. Jacques Pony. They've sold. JCPenney's is sold to a famous French retailer, Jacques Pony. America will be fooled by how French the retailer is going forward. You know what's funny is America is stupid enough we may buy that. Do you want to go to J.C. Penney's this weekend, the big super department store that has, like, oddly enough, clothes from 14 years ago? 
And you're like, no. Do you want to go to Jacques Pony? Famous French retail designer. Mm-hmm. Father of the COVID kid. Mm-hmm. Is open for business. And people would be like, yeah. So sometimes brands should die, but very, very rarely. Right? Fed takes the next step towards supporting the municipal bond market. And I go, what the hell is going on? Facebook is buying a gift company. Yes, the thing that's like, you could say like um, U.S. hockey, and it'll show you like a three or four pictures pieced together in a giffy movement thing that shows your excitement. And it's, I don't get that acquisition. Okay, I get the acquisition, but it's not big enough for me. New York City has extended its stay-at-home order until June 13th, about a month from now. Does that feel about right to you? Is some of this starting to feel about right? I saw a fascinating piece on CNBC yesterday where they talked about reopening of a restaurant. And they went to, like, uh, I think he was a French guy in New York. And they said, hey, French guy, uh, what does reopening the restaurant look like? He goes, mm-hmm. No. He pulls out a tape measure, and he shows you his 48 seats. And he goes, I can only fit 21 in now. And 21 over, like, five tables. Bar seats gone. Plastic menus gone. Replaced by one-time disposable paper menus. <coughs> that little plastic thing that they slide your check to, <coughs> gone. Not going to pass the healthcare muster. To replace it, a one-time printout of your check on paper. Good. Do we need more plastic stuff in the world to deliver a check to a table? No. But the guy was talking about it and he goes, you know, for me to make money, I need to turn a table four times in one day. And he goes, most people want to eat from 630 to 8. I can't turn this essentially half his tables now, right? So for him to make money, he's going to have to, in my opinion, one of the ways restaurants could look normal again is, yes, they're going to take your temperature when you go in. Yes, they're going to take other people's temperatures. Yes, they're going to put tables six feet apart. That seems like the imminent future, and there's no way around it. I don't don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the way around it is maybe we become more of a 24-hour society. I'm more than willing to eat at 4 o'clock if I can get a $15 burger. I don't want to eat at 5 o'clock for a $25 burger to help support a restaurant industry that needs to get four turns of a table in a day. I'll eat a little earlier, and you can have the table absolutely ready for your people who are willing to pay more money at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. We maybe need to become more of a 24-hour society. If we're going to social distance, if we're going to eat at restaurants that we want to eat at, and for the record, it looked awesome. When the uh, segment was done, they showed you what the restaurant looked like with a lot of tables, and they showed you what the restaurant looked like with a few tables. I'm like, I like a few tables. Holy mackerel, I could like sit there and talk to my sugar burger like, oh, baby, you look so beautiful tonight. You look so beautiful. Like, oh, baby, you look beautiful. And you're like, is that all you could say to a person? Oh, baby, baby, this food's so beautiful and you look beautiful. And I kind of like the idea of being in a restaurant without people being on top of me. So I'm okay with the post-COVID world because I was kind of limited in my, already. Remember I told you the happiest day of my life was you could pay at the pump and you didn't have to go inside the gas station and give cash, dirty, dirty cash to a, a cashier. Ugh. And you had to stand behind the guy who was buying 14 bags of Twinkies. And you're like, why do you need 14 bags? Isn't like 10 enough? 
It's like, well, shut up, mind your own business. So I've already lived in that post-COVID world, and the idea of like going to a doctor's by getting an appointment online, telemedicine, I'm in for. When Jack Dorsey said, we'll let people work from home forever, I don't, I, I think we can. Funny story yesterday about the number of bras being bought, way down, way down. The number of pajamas being bought, way up, way up. And it's funny because uh, I can't do the pajamas. If I don't get up at four and shower and shave, like I feel weird. And I'm not shaving right now, so I feel weird. I need to shave just so I can feel normal again. So the idea of like wearing a bra, like I get it. Like it, it, it's a normal thing, but when you don't have to, it's like, hey, I like the new normal. But pajamas, I can't do. Just can't do. It's staying in pajamas all along would depress all day long would depress me. Keep in mind I'm in my pajamas right now, probably right. You don't know. Radio Theater of the Mind. Who is the shadow? Rob Black is the shadow. Senefi has scrapped their priority for the COVID nineteen vaccine. What? Senefi is saying we're not prioritizing the COVID nineteen vaccine. Interesting. The French government doesn't want them to develop for the United States with a priority. Politics in healthcare? Yes, 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 yes. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I kind of teased a little bit of a concept. And yet, let's talk about it real quick. Sanify, it's a big pharmaceutical giant. Sanify, as it sounds, may, like, you may go, like, is that a French company? It is a French company. And they said, we're going to develop a vaccine for the United States. We're going to give the U.S. priority for COVID-19. And they got backlash from, oddly enough, their home country, France, and the European Union. What's interesting is they said, we kind of feel the U.S. has the right to get the vaccine first should the drug and the vaccine prove effective because the country, the United States, has contributed the most to Sanofi's vaccine project. Now, that's a mother chipper. Like, I don't know what to say. I kind of agree that if someone has been financing you, you kind of owe it to them a little bit. For instance, my brother uh, David went to college on a, a military ROTC scholarship. After four years, they paid for all of his college. He had to give the United States Army, or in this case, the Marine Corps, three years of service. He was pretty smart about it because he had the Marine Corps pay for his college and his law degree. And then he had to give three years of service, of which, as a military person, um, they put him in front of like Marines who drink, rape, and pillage. And they do horrible things when they're 18-year-old people and they're in foreign countries and they drink a lot of alcohol. So he had to defend them. It's like, what? Three months later, he had to prosecute them. Three months later, he had to defend them. Three months later, he had to prosecute them. So he got to learn how to be a pretty uh, jury-friendly, judge-friendly, court-friendly kind of lawyer. What's interesting about that is after he came out of that three-year of service in the military – 
every law firm wanted to hire him because he had that law firm, he had that military experience. He actually got to go into a court and practice for three years versus, you know, be a junior, junior, junior partner does the grunt work. So the they loved him in that industry. So having that kind of job training is incredibly desirable. How about attorneys? How are they handling this whole downturn? It's a good question, no? Uh-huh. Um, 800-516-1220. So should a drug vaccine, if someone is funding it, should they get the first access to it? Whoa. It's kind of like that video game where the little girl is, uh, she's being taken across country to a hospital and, uh, the zombie infection, for some reason, she's not turning into a zombie, but everyone else is turning into a zombie. So like she have, we have to study her. It's kind of like that dilemma. Should she be a kid and allowed to live, or should she be a, a lab rat and cut up? Sanofi asks a good moral question of, should they owe the U.S. priority? And they said yes originally. Give me your money. Uh-huh. We give you priority. And then the French people got upset, and they're like, sorry, U.S., you no longer get priority. Should we take our money back? I don't know. I just I find I find the moral dilemmas to be awesome. I know you're saying this isn't quite like Sophie's choice. If you had to pick a kid, you know the dilemma of a Jewish woman getting on a train and a uh, a Nazi saying, "Which kid do you want to live? Which kid do you want to die?" It's not quite that dramatic, but there is some drama on Wall Street. No. And for the record, I know my choice. If I had to do it, every mom's like, "No, you didn't just say that." Oh, I know who I'd save. Keep in mind, I've taught my kids, if a bear attacks, just tackle your brother, because the bear just has to take down one of you. He'll be more than happy, more than content. So when I see a bear, I'm like, I'm going to tie my shoes. And my kids are like, why are you tying your shoes? Because I'm like, I'm going to outrun you. The bear's going to get you, not me. I know you're saying, you need a coffee. I do need a coffee. Markets opened lower. They went higher. And guess what? They went back lower. This has been a week on Wall Street where we just ended six up days in a row on NASDAQ, and it's a great best six days of the year, right? Holy mackerel. And then now we're having three or four down days. March down big, April up big, uh, May maybe sideways. And to quote Keanu Reeves, sideways isn't always down, dude. Sideways is not always down. Keanu Reeves is correct. So I don't think we're anywhere near our lows. I don't see a reason for us to go to our lows. The headlines are pretty well known at this point in time on the next state of what's going to happen, which is economic. The headlines, when they were tied towards how many people are going to die, the market's rightfully panicked. The markets rightfully stained their underwear. The markets rightfully, like, did it froze. We didn't know how many people were going to die. We didn't know if someone was going to cough on you and you're going to die. Now we're like, yeah, pretty good chance. I'm good with those odds. But at one point, we were afraid. I remember when HIV hit the United States. It, most people didn't care until Magic Johnson got HIV. And when Magic Johnson came out and said, Guys, I got HIV. People were calling the radio shows crying. They were that kind of upset because they were they were fearful of how can this get me? If it can get him, how can it get me? And we went through that with the with the stock market in COVID. 
how many people we we crazily we under we we didn't know what we were getting into we were underprepared we didn't know so there was this fear and now we're kind of going sideways and that seems normal to me we have put three trillion dollars of stimulus on the records the democrats have put together another three trillion dollar plan if the market's like the first three trillion dollars in April, what do you think the market's going to say about the next three trillion dollars? Woohoo! I want some. So, my argument now is you buy on big dips and you eliminate some downside risk. If, and again, I'm asking you, do you believe the idea that this is enough stimulus, and do you believe the idea that COVID's not going to take down society? And if you have to consult a broker advisor to take action on any stocks I ever mentioned, any theories mentioned on the show, I don't know you. I'm giving you my case, and my case is doing this for a long period of time. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. This weekend, they're going to release a new Scooby-Doo film. Scooby-Doo was probably my favorite as a kid. I don't know. I was partial to Daphne. Like, I think I had a crush on a cartoon character growing up as a child. I wasn't a Velma person. I like Velma's smarts and everything, but the baggy sweaters, it was too goth of a look for me. It's going to be $25 to watch a, a, a Scooby-Doo movie. They're saying basically, well, we know that you would maybe some of you would go to the movie theater. No chance. It's Scooby-Doo. But since you're all locked up, we're going to charge you $25 for a pay-per-view. Uh, oh, that's that's my plans for the weekend, right? I, it's a new reality. It's, it's a different way of spending money. Let's bring in CFP. CFP? No, he's not a CFP. It's Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I wish he was a CFP, but he's not a CFP. He's a mortgage guy, and with current mortgage situations, you can manage what you own, stocks and bonds, but you can also manage what you owe, a mortgage, and your monthly payments. A smaller monthly payment in time of COVID sounds pretty attractive to me. What are you seeing in the world of mortgages? Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony? Good morning. Hello. Hello. What's up in the world of mortgages, Tony? Uh, Well, we're hitting all-time low rates again. I think a lot of people are seeing that in the headlines. Uh, That's kind of fueling a lot of the refinance activity. We're actually seeing twice as much volume in refinance applications than we did last year. Which is good. I mean, that's part of the whole. I'm not a CFP, but I work with CFPs, and that's part of like their their plan. I'm getting actually a lot more calls from people trying to figure out if like the 15 or the 20 year works or the 30 year. We've actually seen a lot of people because the rates are so low. Go, you know what? I think I'm not so sure about my income in the future. Maybe I'll take my 15 year and go to a 30. So we're seeing a little bit of both right now. But those low rates do offer people opportunities to manage that debt. And it is the largest debt that most people have. Yeah, that payment is a killer in times of distress in the economy and stress in the job market, which is the driving story right now. How does the 
job market potentially going to unemployment of 25% or at roughly 15% right now. How does the job market go to 25%? What's that do to someone like you, a mortgage lender, a person who gives someone $600,000 with the basic idea of you have a job, right? There, there's well, some criteria in it. So how's the job dilemma playing into your world? Well, that's that's the the downside of the market right now. It's, it, it really is a, it, it can affect the way that lenders qualify you now. Rates, not so much. It's about the way they qualify. For example, a lot of jumbo lenders have just stopped doing jumbos. A lot of equity line companies, they've stopped doing equity lines. They can't do anything about what, what's happened in the past. They already know that there's going to be some forbearance issues because of the CARE Act. That actually just got extended again through, I believe, June of 2020, uh, 2021. So they're, they're fearful of that. The only thing they can do is control what they the, the new stuff that they bring in. So they're really tight on the way they verify employment, the way they verify your assets. They've increased credit score requirements, down payment requirements in a lot of cases. So they, they can only do and react to the future of this you know higher unemployment. Um, all, all I can say is it's just it's harder to get a loan right now. Yeah, I, I, I kind of imagine it's like going to the doctor as a male gets older, and they they eventually say, okay, you need to drop your trousers and turn around. You're like, what? Wait, 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 wait. aren't you just going to put a sensicope on my heart? And like, isn't that it? It's like, nope. I have to imagine it's more of a process to get alone. But, it, but is, is it, it like... It has these in some cases where Fannie Mae said, okay, if you do qualify and we can prove yeah. you're employed, we, we might not need an interior appraisal, we'll do an exterior. We're getting more appraisal waivers. Um, okay. still lower documentation for those higher qualified people. So um, when you do qualify, it's getting a little easier. But for the people who are on the edge or might have lower... I have a lot of clients have lost hours during the week, but they're still employed. Those are people who are struggling as well. Yeah, I have to imagine the paperwork you're getting on job verification is, how shall we say, a little different. you just getting an HR person on the phone these days. Oh, um, they don't want to see you, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's a personal friend of mine, but he's also a good business person as far as managing what you owe. You can you can change your life by getting a better degree or having better opportunities in education, which will manage what you earn, managing what you own during a downturn. I hope you looked at your portfolio in March and said, what the hell was I thinking by about at least one thing you owned? I don't know if it was a, a low-rate environment, high-yield interest rate fund from the Prussia. I know you're like, Prussia? Where the hell's Prussia? And you're like, why did I buy this? I don't even remember buying it. And in March, you looked at your portfolio and you said, like, I don't, I should let this go. And I hope you improve things because things were on sale. Are we going back to those lower levels? I don't think so. It would take bad news that is stupendously bad for a period of time that's longer than we're expecting. And for me, I'm expecting 12 months of just nothing but poop. So it's like, hey, let's have late and I know poop. It's like, it's nothing but poop. So the question is, we have so much stimulus. At what point does the bad news turn into 
that's not enough stimulus. It's going to be a prolonged scenario, not necessarily a definition of a number, because we're building in expectations of 25% unemployment. Should you rethink your retirement strategy? Yes. I think I, I think what could potentially come out of COVID could be an opportunity to make a lot of money in your portfolio. As we shift more towards telemedicine, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We know we can do it now. As we shift more towards teleeducation, we don't have to send our kids to college, and they don't have to hang out at fraternities and sororities on a Friday night. It's a beautiful thing that it's a rite of passage. It's a, a teenage, like, go to college, fall in love, do your first kegger, maybe get interviewed by the police. It's a rite of passage that costs a lot of money. Live on your own with a roommate. You like each other. You kind of bond with each other. You're like, oh, I never knew that about your country. Oh, I never knew that about your country. And oh, I never knew that about your religion. I, like having that weird roommate experience is a rite of passage. It's awesome. But I think we're going to have to rethink some of this with telemedicine, teleeducation, telecommuting. Will it be material? I think it's going to be a little more than you think. Um, I've been approached this week about some business ideas that for the first time in my life, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do that. Um, defining yourself by spending more time with your children is different than defining yourself by, you know, starting a business with an exclamation point. So you have to find the motivation. And I think a lot of people are going to feel that they get material enough not to drive. Yeah, I, I, uh, <clears throat> first and foremost, I don't know how we get back to elementary school next year. Without a vaccine, I just there's too many weirdos that will go, well, I, I'm i waiting for a vaccine before I put my kids back in school. And then there's going to be people like, well, I'm not going to give my kids a vaccine. And there's going to be people like, I don't want my kids to go to school with kids without a vaccine. I want my kids to go with kids to school with vaccines. There's going to be such craziness. Teachers who, let's say your teacher's in a wheelchair. Well, I need my wheelchair cleaned every every three hours now because of COVID. And like, there's compromised teachers either with age or with healthcare issues really complicates how do we send kids back to school? How about a compromised kid? We've seen over 100 cases of what's essentially COVID kid cases now, where a 10-year-old kid's got the lungs of like a 45-year-old smoker. You're like, what? I'm not saying my kid. Like, so there's going to be opportunities in teleeducation. Teleeducation is not going to go away. If you think for just a second that the teaching change from the school yard, okay, children, it's Monday at 9 in the morning. Ring the bell. Get off the playground. You have one minute. That world has to change. Does it change completely to teleeducation? No. No, 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 no. But I think we all see the opportunity now of teachers being able to get into the 21st century with children. And that's not a bad thing. COVID-19 has taught my kids how to open up Google email, Google Classroom, check your email. It's like it's literally like work for them. It's no longer going to the, the playground waiting for the teacher to ring the school bell, which is cool. It's great. So we're moving towards that. We're definitely moving in that direction. So the duration issue is what I think can derail the stock market. 
if we start getting to the point where like, man, 25% unemployment sucks. And the following month, it's like 24%. And we're like, man, 24% unemployment sucks. And the following month, it's like a 22%. Man, 22 Like, even if it's moving the right direction, the duration could start to wear on people and fatigue you. Now, again, I'm not thinking that's going to happen. I think major market dips at this point in time are buying opportunities because the United States government's talking about another $3 trillion stimulus. If they weren't talking like that, if they were saying, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you are not paying your taxes. We are not going to support you. Uh, get used to it. You're on your own. I'm like, wow, we're going to be on our own. I better sell stocks. But we've got Mother Market being supported by the Federal Reserve and our federal government. That's tough. That's a tough formula to, to defeat. I think that wins in the long term. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. In cold blood. Little old J. I like alternative music. I like going to see shows. It's a moment where I'm not looking at my phone. Disconnect. Got an email yesterday from a couple concerts that I bought for late summer, early fall. Ticketmaster basically has given up. The white flag is up. What was fascinating was my sister on the East Coast also bought some tickets. We were going to kind of exchange visits with one another around tickets. Um, She got her ticket refund that said, you can have a refund now because the show has been canceled and it has not been rescheduled. Therefore, we're not going to honor the ticket. We can refund you. Or you can choose to take 125% credit to a future event at this one venue, which happens to be a summertime venue. So it's one of those outdoors, not perfect for winter, especially on the East Coast when it's 10 degrees outside kind of concert areas. So she said, yeah, big brother, I um, I just went for a refund. I didn't take that 125% credit because who knows if they're going to reschedule in the next calendar summer. I'm like, I got you, sister. I'm like, you didn't take that 150% deal where if you spend $100 on tickets, they give you $150 credit on any future concert that you buy on Ticketmaster. She goes, no. Mine said I could only use it at the venue. I said, weird, because mine says I could use it at any Ticketmaster event. Hers was for 125% for a future credit. Mine was for 150. And I have to now decide, do I want to do that? Am I confident that I, in one year, calendar year, I'll want to go to a concert? And I start thinking about it. I'm like, well, how about the kids? How about like the wife? How about the like airfare? Like, what what if it's the show that I want to see in Canada, but I'm not ready to go with a Canadian like uh, health screening test or something? I got a little psyched out yesterday on a decision. 150% credit, a 50% free credit for for entertainment. I'm like, sweet. But then I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to try. So I have literally one week to come up with a decision. And I feel like it's a game show decision. Okay, Alan. Okay, I'm going to go with door number two. And like, she's like, really? Door number two? I'm like, okay, let me rethink that. Let me rethink. You just, you just you showed me the dangers of door number two with the way you moved your eyebrow. So that extra 50% is kind of intriguing to me. Is it intriguing to you? It should be. 
it's not like I just got a pay increase by 50% for my entertainment for next year. It's intriguing. Nike has reopened almost all stores in China and South Korea. Thank you, Nike. Thank you. I actually don't really care, do I? I own shares in Nike, but at the same time, I'm like, that's good news, I guess. I, I don't think it's going to smooth out the results. I don't think suddenly Nike is going to be like COVID-free. 100% of its company-owned stores and over 95% of its partner stores in China are open and South Korea. So we're going to reopen unless we're like way worse than China. And does anyone think we're way worse than China? No. When we start thinking we're way worse than China, we're just, ah, they're just lying anyway. It's weird <laughs> how we compare ourselves as a nation. Oh, Facebook just bought a company. I kind of like seeing deals during times of stress. What intrigues one company to unlock their, how shall we say, purse for another company? Facebook's going to, uh, they're buying Giphy. I'm like, Giphy? Isn't that that company where you show your kids a, yeah, a text message of, like, they just won a soccer championship, so you, like, show Chris Farley rip it off his shirt and celebrate it on a touchdown, and, like, you show the kids how excited the parents are. Like, isn't that just a Giphy? Facebook's buying Giphy? I have Giphy on my phone, and it comes up with stupid instant messaging images. It makes conversations a little more entertaining. So Facebook says that we want to integrate their GIF library into Instagram and other apps so that people can find just the right way to express themselves. I'm like, Giphy? Facebook bought Giphy? They didn't buy a company that suddenly does like jet rocket propulsion so that Mark Zuckerberg can go to the moon, moon, moon. They didn't buy a company that does networking speeds that suddenly you're getting, uh, you know, 200 bazillion gig downloads and 200 bazillion seconds faster. They buy Giphy? Yeah, that's kind of weird. But I think what I just said was they want to make Instagram a better way of expressing yourself. Okay, I get it. I do get that. I, I, suddenly, I, I don't know what they paid for Giphy. Something tells me if they paid a billion dollars to show Chris Farley ripping off his shirt in a text message, an instant message, and people get excited by it. I'm like, that can't be a billion dollars, can it? I don't know. It was not material enough for them to disclose, and they're sticking with that story. Stocks are shrugging off more downbeat news on the retail experience and the job market. Yesterday, we got first-time unemployment claims, another $3 million. And we're soberingly adding it up. And we're going, isn't that 30 million people now? Yep. GM, not GM, Golden Sachs, and 25% employment is on the books. We just have to get there. So stocks are trimming and opening loss. The bad news is out there. Funny how Wall Street works, right? But the bad news tends to get Congress motivated to do something. And when Congress does something, that's code for spend money. Federal Reserve is doing something they've never done before. They're supporting stocks and municipal bonds. 
And in theory, a bond, if you're dumb enough to buy a bond from, say, Stockton, California, no disrespect against Stockton, but for sake of a financial argument, it's the arm, financial armpit of California. There should be a difference between a Stockton bond, municipal bond, and a Palo Alto municipal bond. And the Federal Reserve's like, nah, we'll, we'll support them both. That's weird to me. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com, robblackshow.com.